over to our ambassador team. So welcome, Tiana. Thank you. Awesome. I can start out with just a little introduction so that anyone listening on our podcast can um, have a little bit of background and then a layout of what today's event's going to be like and then pass it right over to Tiana. So first, we're so excited to have you. This is going to be so much fun just hearing your story and having a little bit of time to ask questions. We're going to have a 25 to 30 minute speaker presentation and then 20 minutes of attendee questions and then a five to 10 minute quick fire questions just to wrap up the end of the Oh, event. I forgot about those. All right. <laughs> They're going to be so fun. Okay. And then just a quick bio of Tiana. She's the creator and executive producer of the Hollywood award-winning tween web series, Sochi Circle. Tiana created Sochi Circle to empower tween girls to be more inclusive, confident, and resilient, and bring better representation, diversity, and positive stories to the media for young girls. She's also an Air Force veteran, entrepreneur, corporate tech leader. She's worked at Valero and Microsoft, formal, former middle school teacher, and nonprofit founder. Tiana is a sought-after keynote speaker and contributor to prominent media platforms such as New York Times and The Economist. Um, and when the audacious commander is not conquering the world, she is a mother of four, a foodie, and a traveler. So we're so excited to have you here and we'll pass it along to Tiana. Thank you. Thank you for that warm introduction. So as Ariana mentioned, I am a former Actually, I'm a former middle school teacher. So I know what it's like to be presenting information uh, in front of tweens and teens as well, because I speak to a lot of teens. So I am going to shake things up just a little bit because um, <laughs> I want to keep this interactive. And I know you guys don't like adults to just sit here and talk to you the entire day. So I'm going to switch it up a bit. I am going to tell you a little bit about my background, a little bit more. Um, then maybe you can read online. I'll tell you a little bit more. Also a little bit more about my career and, and some of the things that I've seen and done. And then I've got this kind of like Jeopardy style Q&A thing that is going to give you all the control on where do you want to take the conversation. So I've got some preloaded questions in there. And then I've got that column where you can pick whatever question you want that might not be uh, listed on the screen. So this will be a little bit more interactive than maybe you were expecting, but I am going to um, give more of an overview of my, my life at the beginning. Sound good? You guys cool with that? Yeah, all right, cool. So are these all of the ambassadors? Are there more ambassadors? How does that work? Just if I could ask that question first. Anyone want to? Yeah, our... so we have, <laughs> these are most of our ambassadors, um, but we just started the program um, this last November. So we still have a small group, but we're hoping to gain some more ambassadors over the summer and as we continue. Oh, okay, cool. So where's everybody from? Um, I'll start. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, cool. Yeah, me too. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. All right. As am I. Okay. I'm from Boulder, Colorado. Ooh, Colorado. Okay. I'm also from Boulder, Colorado. Okay. And then I'm from a really small town in Texas. Where in Texas? Uh, it's kind of by San Antonio. Okay. I lived in San Antonio for eight years. So where? <laughs> okay. Um, do you know where Gonzales is? Gonzales, Texas? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've heard of Gonzales, Texas. It's like 30 minutes south of there. It's a tiny, tiny town, like population 400. Oh, cool. Okay. I live in a small town too. So I'm actually in Valparaiso, Indiana, but I'm like 45 minutes from downtown Chicago. So downtown Chicago is my happy place. Uh, <laughs> so out here, I get that like country feel, like we have like three acres of land and the kids can just run around. But I like to go to Chicago for that city feel, you know, go to Lakeshore Drive and see the people riding their bicycles. So I love, love, love this area. And I've traveled the world. And when I tell you Chicago is my favorite city, it is still my favorite city. So, well, I am excited to be here. I'm going to share, I think I have permissions to share. I'm going to uh, attempt to share this little presentation. I don't like a lot of slides with words, especially for when I'm talking to my young audiences, which I really love talking to young audiences. So these are just picture slides mostly, but I'm just gonna take you through um, my background a little bit, as I mentioned. So I'm Tiana Clark. I'm originally from this area. I'm originally from Gary, Indiana. And um, so Gary, Indiana, right outside of Chicago, when I grew up there was the murder capital of the world. And in fact, when I was only 11 years old, um, I lost my mom. So I'm 11, she drops me off to school one day. Now at this time, um, I had a really bad attitude. Honestly, I don't even know what I had an attitude about because I always had an attitude about something. So she said, I love you. And I got out the car and I just like slammed the door and I went into the school building um, and she didn't pick me up from school that day. She did not pick me up from school that day. And I would later find out that she had been killed. So this is a picture of me and my mom uh, about a year or two before that happened when we were vacationing in Hawaii. So I lost her, um, didn't have my father either. So I was essentially orphaned and it was, it was the toughest time that I've ever had to deal with in my life in sixth grade at such a young age. But um, I will tell you that those are the times that really test you and the times that you really, really grow. Now, at this time, I, I still had loving family. I, I was raised by my grandparents, you know, they wanted me to open up and talk and share about my feelings, what I was experiencing. And I didn't want to do that. So they wanted me to go to therapy and all these things. And I, I didn't want to do that. I was really internalizing all of what I was going through, right? Um, and so in seventh grade, the next year, I was with my cousin. She got into some trouble, an older cousin, you know, and pe when people are doing bad things, they don't want to do them alone. They want to have company so that they're not the only ones getting in trouble. So Next thing I know, we were both arrested uh, and I was in juvenile detention seventh grade. But I think something really happened after that moment where I really had to reconnect with who I truly was because that wasn't me, you know? And um, I really tapped into that part of me that wanted to be that girl that my mom knew. Um, and make her proud. And so by eighth grade, I was the you know, number one student in the class. And then I graduated as the valedictorian of my eighth grade class. 
went on to high school, had a great high school career <laughs> as well. And then after that, so for me, I, I wanted to go to the school that my mom and her sister went to, which was Indiana University in Bloomington, okay? Bloomington, Indiana. And it's a big, big school, but I didn't know about how to get things like scholarships. I mean, I was on the National Honor Society, all these things, but I didn't really know how to get scholarships and things. And so I got accepted into the college of my choice, but I didn't have the money to really pay for it. And so my grandparents were talking about loans and how they can maybe take some money out. And I mean, after everything they'd done for me, raising me, you know, sending me to the best high school in the area, I, I just couldn't let them do it. So I refused to go. I refused to go to the college that I got into. And stubborn as I was, they tried to take me down there anyway. And we drove all the way there. And they're like, all right, see, now that you're here, you want to stay, right? And I said, no, let's go back home because I already told you before we left that I wasn't coming. <laughs> and so we went back home. Um, and then I ended up going to the local Indiana University College, which is in Gary, Indiana, where I was from. But after about a year of still being at home and, you know, a not so great, safe city, I was just like, I've got to get out of here. I've just got to go. And my aunt, she told me about the Air Force. So she was Army. And she said, um, go to the Air Force because they take better care of you in the Air Force. So I said, all right. And I joined the Air Force and I was so ready to go that I left like the day before Thanksgiving. They were like, no, you should really stay. And I was like, no, I gotta go. So I spent Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's Eve, everything in basic training in San Antonio um, as well. So the interesting thing is I went to the Air Force and I remember talking to the recruiter and I said, listen, if I have to jump out of a plane, I am not going. So if, if I get there and they tell me to jump out of a plane, I'm coming back home. So don't you send me here if they're going to have me jump out of an airplane. And he's like, no, 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 you're not going to have to. I said, are you sure now? So it turns out in basic training for the Air Force, you do not have to jump out of a plane. So thankfully that, that went all right. Um, but my military career was one of the most phenomenal experiences that I've ever had. Um, I was able to move to the UK, the United Kingdom, um, as my first assignment. And that was where I really, really wanted to go. So I was excited about that. I was able to travel the world. This is me in Athens. Um, I love going to those types of countries where you can just see the ancient ruins just as you're walking around, I think it's just so fascinating. So going to Rome and places like that, I just really, really love that, France. Um, so it was a great experience. And this is me. Uh, so I won the Airman of the Year Award when I was in the Air Force, which is like a very prestigious award. It means you're the number one person on the base at, at, when I was in the UK at that time. And because of that, I had an opportunity to fly in this fighter jet with my commander. That was my commander, Colonel Gerber. And let me say it was so cool. So I did get to fly the plane, but this is, this is what that means. So the plane takes off, all right? And you know how normally like it's a runway on a normal plane, and, right? And you get the runway and then you just gradually take off. Yeah, so in a fighter jet, it's like 
whoosh, they just go straight up, straight up in the air. And it was just the coolest thing ever. And so when we get up there, I asked him, I'm like, just do not do any negative G's. Negative G's is when the plane just does that. And I knew like from roller coaster rides, I just knew that was not gonna work for me and my stomach. And so I said, please don't do that. But if I simply took uh, control of the plane, it's kind of like a joystick. Like if you were literally in a video game and I just pull it slightly towards me like this, the whole plane, spins like a 360 like that it was the coolest thing ever coolest thing ever I've ever done in my life and afterwards um another one of my leaders was waiting for us on the tarmac with a bottle of champagne and we just like popped champagne and was drinking it like right on the time it was just the coolest experience um this is another picture of me in the air force I was also the uh this is when I was in school for the air force so you go to basic training and then you go to school for your job and then you go to your job so I was the um, red rope, which means that you're the leader of all of your um, classmates, which is like thousand people or something like that. Um, so I had to march people to school. So it's funny because when I was gonna join the Air Force, everybody laughed at me. I'm like, you're too prissy, you're too girly. You're, you know, you can't join the military, you know, like you're not cut out for that. And that's me, I had to march the students to school every day. So like when you watch those TV shows, you hear you know, like, hut, two, three, four, like that was me marching these people to school every day. I'm like, yeah, yeah, say what you want to about girls, but I got this. So it was an amazing experience too, just to be in that leadership position. And then I uh, got a whole bunch of awards and stuff when I was in the military, loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, after that, I went on to, become a middle school teacher. Well, it has some more stuff in between there, but I'm not gonna bore y'all with every single thing, but I did some other things because, um, I don't know, I was always trying to figure out what's that one thing that I really, really wanna do. I left the Air Force because I didn't really have control over my life. Like I got deployed for war. I finished my college degree while deployed for war, taking classes online in the desert. And I was just like, do I want to live my life this way where I can just get sent wherever and be in harm's, you know, way? And it was just one of those things where I said, I think I want to, I think I'm going to uh, exit <laughs> and have more control over my life. So I eventually went to corporate America and um, I worked for Valero Energy Corporation. So in Texas, I'm sure you've heard of Valero, you see the gas stations everywhere. And then also uh, Microsoft. So when I say Microsoft, people are like, is that like Apple? And I'm like, uh, it's like a competitor of Apple. <laughs> but, you know, we make the Xbox and um, lots of other things, computers and software and cloud technology. So really great opportunity. I'm a 10-year veteran of Microsoft. And um, I think I had eight different corporate jobs in my career. Um, and here's the interesting thing. Of all of the jobs that I've had, I've never, all of the jobs that I've had, someone has come to me and asked me if I was interested in that job. So it's just kind of interesting because it just shows when you do excellent work and when you're a great teammate and a great collaborator, like people come looking for you. And that's just one of those nuggets I wanna drop for you because as you start in your career, it's one of the things that I tell a lot of adults um is doing excellent work is like your ticket to entry 
And from there, lots of great things happen for you. But there's a lot more required as, as in, um, you know, you have to speak up. You have to make sure people know about the great work that you do, because if you just do great work and no one knows about it, it doesn't really help you as much. So you have to be comfortable with tooting your own horn, as I like to say, um, and making sure that you know who are the influencers in your organization and build a good rapport with them as well. So that's my corporate career. And then also I want to spend just a little bit of time talking about Social Circle because um, that is my, that's a huge passion of mine. And I started Soshi Circle. It's a tween web series. So this is for girls like in grades four through eight. And um, I started this because I thought about all of the challenges that girls are going through today. You know, I mean, it's just crazy. And it's worse than when I was coming up because you have technology at your fingertips. And there's just so many things that are different today. And I thought, you know, how can I really reach those girls and help them to have the confidence in themselves, to have resilience, you know, to be able to not, and resilience for me, my definition is not just bouncing back from things when something happens to you, but it's about how are you proactively living your life so that you don't have things happening that you, that you have to bounce back from, you know what I mean? So it's like, what's the company you're keeping? You know, I told you before, I had a cousin that got me in trouble, right? That's because I wasn't doing, I wasn't being true to myself, right? I wasn't doing what I knew I should have been doing. So um, I, I, I love the fact that I get to create something that helps girls to not only deal with those social issues, but to see themselves represented in film. You know, most film that we see doesn't have a lot of girls of color. Um, represented and my show has just equal representation across the board 12 different ethnicities um, represented you know from white black Vietnamese uh, Chinese Armenian South Asian mixed race you know um, Haitian and I, because I really wanted something that reflected the world in which we live and um, so I think we did a great job, but I had zero film experience whatsoever when I created this. I just knew that I wanted to reach girls. I knew that girls, well, in general, kids in general are on their devices, like the majority of the time, right? Watching videos and things. And so I said, well, that's really the only way I think we can reach them is to create a video series. And so that's what we did. Um, no experience, but I have experience in assembling amazing teams and, you know, leading them and, and making it happen. And so that's what we did. It was really cool during the auditions when girls, you know, we had a long line in, in LA, Los Angeles um, of girls auditioning for the show. And they would come in and they would read, I don't have a little piece of paper, but it's called a side. Um, and so you get this little piece of paper and it's kind of like a little piece of the script and you would read that. So they would read that and they would like stop mid sentence and say like, oh my goodness, this just happened to me like last week. They were reading these scenarios from the episodes and it was just a great experience um, to see that. And some of them would break down and cry in the middle of auditions because um, they really identified uh, with, with that story and, and shared that with us. So just 
I love, I love doing this work. I love working with the young girls and I go to different schools and screen social circle um, in the schools. And then we just have dialogue and it's really, really fun. So yeah, we're helping girls face their challenges head on and just having the conversation because a lot of times the conversation is just not being had. So where, where are you gonna learn these things from? So that's the importance of doing that. We've won tons of awards. Um, we won a Hollywood Film Festival, which was really, really cool. Just six months after we finished wrapping up the film, um, we won an award. No, it took us six months to wrap up the film. And then the next month, the next month, we won a Hollywood Film Festival. Crazy. Um, I don't know if you've heard of VidCon. Have you guys heard of VidCon? Like that big, um, yeah, I see, I'll see you guys nodding, okay. So we did VidCon and that was really cool. We had a booth there and lots of girls would stop by the booth and check us out, check out episodes. Um, and we gave out these cute little doll heads. They would clip them on their backpacks and stuff. It was really fun. Um, yeah, so, okay, so that's Soshi Circle. And then the other thing is because I am a huge proponent of women and girls um, empowerment, I've also launched a, a business for women as well. So, and this one's called the driver's seat experience, but it's really another way that I'm empowering females by helping women with their confidence and resilience to accomplish whatever they set their hearts out to accomplish as well. Even if they lack the confidence or the experience, um, or the clarity on what it is that they even actually want. So that's another thing I'm doing. And with that, see, I told you guys it after a while, you know, of someone presenting at you, I feel like it's time to have some some dialogue and get you all engaged. So I created this little look at this. <laughs> it's like a little um, it's kind of like a little Jeopardy thing. But there's some questions here and you guys can just like ask me these questions if you want. And then in this column all the way on the um, all the way on the on the right, you can pick the question and just make something up if if nothing on the screen is something that you would want to ask. So I'm going to turn it over to you all. You can do whatever you want right now. You can ask questions about anything I've said before. Um, you can seek a clarifying question. You can ask me something on the screen. Totally up to you. Your time. I'll go. Um, so I'm currently learning how to fly hey. at a local club in our Louisville. And I was dabbling thinking of doing ROTC with um, the Air Force. Would you like recommend that? So I think that's very, very cool. Um, I, so ROTC with the Air Force, I think that's an amazing opportunity. It's not something that I did in high school. But I do think maybe what it does is if I don't have a bunch of knowledge about ROTC, but I think that if you were to pursue a career in military, it kind of gives you a leg up because you'll already know some of the um, terminology, customs, things like that versus someone like me who had no clue. I, I, I just showed up where they told me to go and was just like, you know, deer in the head like. So I think it gives you that preparation. But I think that's so cool that you're learning to fly. Are you kidding me? Awesome. Yeah, I can go next. I think kind of building off a question I see there, 
Um, like when you have an idea for something that you want to start and you want to like become an entrepreneur and start it, how, how do you get started and have the confidence to like go out there and just do it? Yeah, I think um, it starts with, you do have to take some inventory of a few things, right? You have to take inventory of who you are and what your capabilities are. And you have to take inventory of all the amazing things that you've done up to that point. So for me, um, for example, starting Sochi Circle, that was the first time I, I delved into entrepreneurship, right? No film experience whatsoever. But I was like, well, but look at all the other things that you've done. If you can do this, then you can do that. Like, I honestly, I, <laughs> I just didn't, I just didn't really have the, the doubt. Um, because I was able to look at my previous, the things that I've done in the past. And, and when I say the previous things, I don't even just mean like my career or winning airman of the year. I mean, take it all the way back to like third grade, third grade. I was in um, I was in a Catholic school and you had to do the reading and response, which is where you go in front of the school and you like read from, you know, the Bible. And they didn't care how young, they were like third graders. Yep, come on up here. You read in front of the entire student body. So like there's eighth graders there and I'm terrified because these are like upper, you know, like upperclassmen, but it kind of threw me out there. So. I take stock of all of all of those experiences and the things that you've overcome, right? So overcoming the loss of your parents, overcoming growing up in the environment that I did, when you just take stock of all that, it gives you a, a clear sense of like who you really are. And you start to think of things like I, I can do what I set my mind to. Um, but the other thing I will say too is there's a there's a power in manifestation and the law of attraction. So I don't know if you all are familiar with either of those concepts, but the law of attraction is that like, you know, the energy that you put out is the energy that you attract. And so for example, if you, if you want uh, to have more money, for example, right? But you spend your time focused on what you don't have. Oh, so broke. Oh, I can't afford this. Oh, okay. It attracts more of that opposite if you think about where you want to be and visualize yourself there so if you want more money and you're visualizing yourself taking you know vacations or being able to afford something um, now you're visualizing and attracting that type of energy and that's just really important in life in general. And I do a lot of work in, in manifestation and, and law of attraction. Like I get up in the morning, in the mornings and you know, right now with this driver's seat experience, it's something that I'm still launching. I want it to be successful. And so you know, I get up and I, I think about it. I visualize what I want it to be so that I can attract that. Um, and I also tell myself that it's already done, right? That the universe, is going, it, the universe um, wants this to happen for me. What I want, wants me to. And so it, having your energy on the right frequency is huge. And to keep your energy on the right frequency is not always easy. And that's why I do, I, I practice this every single day. But you also have to do things like keep 
drama and all those things away from you as well because it's affecting your energy. And you can't stay on a high frequency, high energy frequency if you're dealing with all that other stuff too. So like, I don't have any friends around me with a lot of drama, even if you're family members, if, you, if you're about all that drama, and, and, and they know it too, because that's kind of, you know, you kind of built this brand of yourself of, of what you will and won't tolerate and people respect, they respect those boundaries. Um, but I would say just to sum it up for you, if there's anything that you want to accomplish, and I, I mean, there's the basic stuff like do your research, right? But I think you all know that you're extremely bright. You know to do things like do your research. But it's a lot of times it's that part of the inside that we don't pay as much attention to, which is you've got to have that confidence in yourself. You've got to look at the things that you've done in the past. Um, and you've got to believe, you've got to really believe that you can do it. And that'll attract that right energy. And then you'll see that you actually can do it. And this wasn't without, like, for example, Associate Circle, it wasn't without its hiccups. You know, I had a director, um, I think it was like two weeks, maybe it was three or four weeks before we were actually supposed to do the filming. So I was going to fly to LA, do the filming in like a month. And I had to fire my director because he just wasn't. <laughs> It just wasn't working out. As I was gonna have to fire this, and I'm like, now what are we gonna do? We don't even have a director. I cannot, I don't, I'm not a director. I can't direct this thing. Um, and then, you know, like that, we found someone who was able to come in, you know, and be an amazing director. So it's not that you won't run into things, but it's how do you handle them when they come up, right? I I didn't freak out, I didn't say, oh, this is canceled. We're not gonna be able to do it. Don't have a director. I said, no, I, I asked my executive assistant. I think I was flying for work because I was working too. I was flying for work. And uh, <laughs> I went on like Bing or Google or something. And I just started searching for women directors. I didn't know what I was doing, women directors. And I came across this website called like women directors. <laughs> <laughs> and I told my assistant, I said, all right, here's a list of women directors. Start at the A's and work your way down to the Z's until you get us a good one. And she got to the B's, the B's, and she found one that was amazing. So stay the course too. That's my other uh, recommendation. You will have challenges to stay the course. That was a long answer. I'll, I'll be shorter on the next ones, I promise. So my question, I love the question, how do you balance it all? But also, like, how do you transition between the different things you've done, the military, corporate America, mm. and then starting your own things? Transitioning. Yeah. So got lots of transition stories. Um, let's see. Transitioning from the military. I, I told a little bit about that. It was just one of those things where um, I just knew, I, I, yeah, I mean, you guys could probably tell, I mean, I, I can't be controlled like that. I, I, just, I was just like, I gotta have my own control. Um, and so I, I did finish my degree first. That was like, you know, that, that was going to happen because I knew that if I was going to exit the military for me to be able to get a, a job, right. A good job that I wanted. I was gonna to have to have that degree finished. And so that's why even though I was deployed, 
I was still taking classes online because I had to get that done. Um, so that's one, just kind of knowing what it's going to take. Um, and then I transitioned into a role that was similar to what I was doing in the military, except I was doing as a civilian. So I was in intelligence, military intelligence. Um, and so I went and got like my polygraph with the CIA and um, some other credentials and things, top secret clearance, all that stuff. And then I took a job at the Defense Intelligence Agency in Washington, D.C. So it was sort of like I transitioned into something similar, right? But then when I decided I wanted to go be a teacher, um, I went and got my uh, educational leadership master's degree. And with that master's degree, the, the way the program worked is they would pair you with the school so that you can get a like internship and get a feel for what that would be like. And then maybe if you wanted to continue to work at the school, you could continue to work at the school. So I did the internship and the kids were amazing. The kids were amazing, but the teachers were not, the bureaucracy of the public school system was just like, I cannot do this. And so I didn't stay, um, I didn't stay in that field. And I also wanted to make a much larger impact that I thought I could make in one classroom. So like with Social Circle, you can watch that from all over the world, right? I knew I wanted to make a much larger impact. Um, transitioning to corporate. So I, a friend of mine asked me about joining Valero because she worked there. She's now like a top executive there because she's, she's been there all this time. Um, but she, she asked me to consider Valero and I was like, but that's an oil and gas company. I don't know anything about oil and gas. And what it turns out, again, you can have these transferable skills that can transfer into, in, into very similar things. So there was a role opened at Valero that was about training and development. And, you know, I'm kind of good getting in front of people and doing training and stuff like that. So I said, okay, I went and did a lot of research about the oil and gas business, about the department I was going to. And um, actually they had given the job to someone else. They'd ever given a job to someone else. And my friend, I asked my friend, I said, you know what, can you tell them that I'm really interested? And if they could just please let me put my name in the hat, like I just want to interview. And, and she went back and so great friend to do this. She went back to them and said, my friend really, really wants, I know you already gave the job to somebody else, but she really, really wants to just talk to you. And they said, all right, fine. And because of all the research I'd done, I showed up. I, so the interview was to deliver a mock training to the interviewers. Let me tell y'all, preparation. Preparation will set you so far above your competition every time. I showed up, I had like went to Kinko's and I showed up with like training manuals, like printed out in like folders. I really got into character, you know what I mean? And I showed up and I gave them their training manuals and I, 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 I went there. And by the time I was done, they rescinded the offer from the initial candidate. They gave me the job um, instead. So it was being able to take skills that I already had, even though I might not have known the industry, even though I was new to corporate America, even though I didn't know oil and gas, right, or any of that stuff, I still had the base skills. And that's something I've carried with me the entire time. You know, even going to Microsoft, I'm not a coder. I'm not an engineer, none of that stuff. But even when I was in the Air Force, that was a technical kind of career field, right? Um, intelligence, I, I had to learn about 
air-to-air -air missiles, all the specs. I knew all that stuff. Has nothing at all to do with Microsoft and technology, but it was technical aptitude. You see, um, it was that it, it was being able to have that skill set to where you could put me uh, somewhere and I could still learn it and still be able to do it. And turns out for that job, they wanted someone, they said, you know, we really, we want someone who's not so technical because we need someone who could talk to the business leaders and not be too techie when they're talking to business leaders. And so I said, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'll apply. Again, it was another opportunity. If someone else that I worked with, they went to Microsoft and they said, T, you gotta come. I think you'll be great. And I was like, I don't know anything about technology. That's, I was doing the self-rejection. I was doing it, um, but they said, no, what you do know is what we need. Um, and so again, interview for the job, there was a extremely technical guy, great guy too. Uh, he was everyone's favorite walking in the door. They didn't know me, only the guy who recommended me knew me. And um, I, I thought, you know, he might get the job, but the last part of the interview, you have to deliver a presentation. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so they gave you a PowerPoint already. And they're like, so here's the PowerPoint that you're gonna present to the interviewers. So it had all the slides. I pretty much had to just get familiar with the slides and then just go in the room and deliver it. But no, no, not Tiana. Mm -mm. I went in there y'all, I redid their slides. I was like, oh, I like this slide, this is ugly. And I <laughs> the slides look different. I added my own information. And I went in there and they were like, did she just change the slides? Um, turned out that that was kind of what they were looking for. Someone who could get in there and challenge the status quo, challenge the baseline of how things were done, because that's how you can really move things along. And so as young people, I'll tell you, when you start entering your careers, that is what they're looking for, right? Come in the door and be able to give an, a, an analysis, an assessment, take what you know about the world, take what you know from your previous experiences and ask questions and say, you know, hmm, I mean, this is a good way to do it, but I think it could be better if we did it this way. And, and you know, you have to be tactful in how you, how you make those recommendations. But even for me, you know, like I hire people on my team. If you guys are looking for a job, y'all let me know. But I'm looking for that. I don't want someone who I have to tell them every single thing to do. I want someone who comes back to me and it's like, you know, um, there's a better way we could be doing this. And, and, and that's one of the things that impresses me and gets my attention as well. Does that help? I, I tried to go through a few transitions. Okay. Um, I have another question. So, um, what would you tell yourself when you were like a teenager that you've learned now? And would you like, would you ever, would you change anything from your past that has brought you to where you are or would you just keep your past? Yeah, I would say that, um, I think we all have inner wisdom and you all have it right now. You know, when I was your age and my family said, no, go to the college, like do the traditional route, like go, this is where, you know, like they, they were like, you gotta go. My inner wisdom said, 
no. And I followed that inner wisdom. And had I not followed that inner wisdom, I don't know if I'd be where I am today, right? So I, I just want to really encourage you. I know sometimes us adults, we think we know what's best all the time, um, but you have to know yourself, you know, really do that self-discovery and know yourself and trust yourself. You really have to trust yourself. Now, there's some other things. There's another example I could give where I'm an Aries. I can be stubborn. Aries are like Ram. Like we just, we just fire, we just bulldoze through things, you know? And um, when I was growing up, that looked like bossy. I was bossy. It didn't look like bossy. I was bossy. <laughs> I was bossy. I had an attitude all the time. You know, I, um, I was very candid. So if I had to tell you about yourself, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't sugarcoat it. I would just tell you like it is. And I had good traits, but those were in its like raw state, right? What I've learned over time is that I can still be that person because the pendulum was swung really far that direction. And corporate, in my corporate career, because I was trying to assimilate and, you know, I was trying to fit in. And I was trying to be who I thought people would like. I swung that pendulum too far in the other direction. And then what that looked like is people thinking that I'm not assertive or people thinking that they can kind of like walk over me. And so I had to bring the, those raw traits within me that is assertiveness, that bossiness raw turns into leadership mature. You know, you see what I mean? So it was just, it's not that it wasn't there, but I had to strike the right balance of those personality traits. And I had to make sure that I was bringing people along for the ride and not, you know, pushing people away. What up? I guess I don't have time. Oh, it's we're doing great. Time. I think we can have about okay. like 10 more minutes of questions. Um, okay, I cool. think um, my question first, actually, uh, did you end up jumping out of a plane? I just, you, I wanted to ask that. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I don't think I ever will. <laughs> if I ever would have done it, it would have been back then where I had more nerve than I have today. Now, there's no way I'm jumping out of a plane. I don't even know how I got in that fighter jet, to be honest with you. No. Mm -mm. Okay, Would okay. You? I was so Do curious. you want to? Uh, I don't know. It seems so scary. I, maybe Pilar would. <laughs> I would definitely. Pilar? I want to go skydiving when I'm older. Oh, my gosh. Mm -mm. I was too afraid. But that's probably why I should do it. I should really like test my limits, you know, and then I think to myself, see, it wasn't so bad. See, the thing for me is like, I want to do it, but I'm also like really scared of heights. Mm. But I think if someone just pushed me off, I would be fine. It's just like oh seeing the ground from the sky would be the scariest part for me. <laughs> yeah. And the thing too, 
when you fall, you fall slowly, right? I think in my mind, you fall is like whoosh, but I don't think it's that way. I think it's you know, like you're just chilling in the air, right? So I think that's I, also, I, know. I think, with, I don't know about you, but like since I've started flying and stuff, my fear of heights have sort of like were like not as bad as they used to be. I don't know what oh, that yeah. is like for you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've ever had like a bad, bad fear of heights, but I know my husband has a fear of heights and he actually wants um, to go to flight school. And I think it's for that reason. Like, I think he thinks it'll kind of like cure him of that, which is, yeah. I mean, there's merit to that for sure. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much. That's so awesome. And then uh, my other question was like, what's like a good thing about having a team in Sochi circle, just in general, of like all women or uh, all like a ton of minorities, and, like what do they bring, and why do you think that's important? Yes, I love that question. You know, so when we um, when we got the team together for Sochi circle, we had a great amount of representation of women, women in all key roles, women director, woman director of photography, me as a creator, woman producer. Um, all women writers of different ethnicities. And it was just so amazing just to be able to create in this authentic space, right? I remember things like, um, and just having, having that creative control to make sure the stories are being told in an authentic way. So for example, there was a scene where um, Saima, she, she wears a hijab. So in, in her episode, She's just hanging out with her friends at a sleepover. And it's not until the end when her father comes to pick her up um, that she has to go home and her friends help her put her hijab back on. And it's, um, it's really a, a learning experience for the girls who watch the film because one, she's just hanging out with her friends. So what you do is you remove that kind of stereotype that gets placed on girls you know, who may be of Muslim um, religion, right? And so you get this, it's like, oh, she's a regular girl, right? Like, because we're regular girls. And um, then when she leaves, her friend helps her put on her hijab. So she has to go because not every culture allows for you to just go sleeping over at someone else's house. So it was another learning experience to talk about that. But her friend helps her put on the hijab. And during the costume, um, segment you know before we actually shoot the film I had a, a costume like designer right she's supposed to get the hijabs and all of the the costume pieces and she got a scarf instead of the hijab and so I'm, I'm behind the scenes you, you know there's all this camera equipment and the girls are on set and this scarf is just not it's not doing what it's supposed to do because it's this silky thing that keeps falling off her hair and I'm kind of getting a little upset to be honest with you I'm like okay where's the hijab? Where's the hijab? Because that's why it's falling off. It's not a hijab. And so I had them go and get a hijab. And then uh, we redid that part of the scene with an actual hijab and it worked out a lot better. So I love the, I, I just love being in the seat of making sure again, that we have that authenticity. And there's another um, one, I'm actually going to do a social post on this next week where again, my costume designer, bless her, she's, she's amazing. This is not making her sound very good. She's amazing, okay? But we just kind of, we, we just don't know. It was a learning experience for everyone. So she bought these 
two-piece swimsuits for the pool scene for my little tween girls. And then they take pictures. What they do is they hold it up. Um, oh man, I have, let me see. I think I might have this picture up. Cause again, I was just looking at this social post cause we're getting ready to post it. Um, I'm gonna show it to you. I'm gonna show you exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, let me see. New share. Okay. Let me know when you can see this screen here. You guys see this screen yet? Okay. Yeah. Now listen. <laughs> hey, no judgment. If you guys are rocking two-piece bikinis in fifth grade, right on. But in this show, I was not going to have my little fifth grade girls in two-piece bikinis. So this is what happens. She, she got the costumes and then she had them hold it up. And then they sent me an email to get my approval. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> that's not, not going to work. And so uh, this is the social post that my uh, communications person is working on. And so this is what we went with. <laughs> They're gonna be at the pool, not in two-piece bikinis. Um, so anyway, it's just, it, it, and you can see some of the crew members here, right? So we did have some, some men, of course. This woman over here, that's my director of photography where the hearts are going kind of by her face there. Um, yeah, but no, it was a great experience to have that representation. It, it really meant everything to me because it's really lacking, uh, especially in the media, it's lacking. I'm gonna go back to the other screen. I have one more question. Um, when you what what do you look in look for when you're hiring someone? I know um, there was a, a businesswoman that just came to my school a few weeks ago, and she gave us this crazy statistic saying like females when they apply for a job, they have in order to apply, they look for eighty percent. If they eighty percent of the requirements they yeah. apply but men if they have five percent they'll apply anyway and I yeah. found that very interesting and sort of like didn't really think about that before um but what do you look in when you're hiring um your directors um your assistants and all that stuff yeah I'm going to tell you a story first um a good friend of mine she's actually my executive coach and so, so she told me a story she said, so there's a company and they are hiring for a new vice president of their new breastfeeding division, okay? And one woman says, oh, no, I'm not qualified for that job. I mean, yeah, I, I've breastfed before, but my kids are so much older now. That was so long ago that I, I'm just not qualified. Second woman says, uh, I mean, I've done it, but I only have one child. So I wouldn't consider myself an expert in breastfeeding. No, so I, I'm not qualified for that job. Third person, the man says, oh, I'm your man for the job. I, I, I could take the VP of breastfeeding job. And, and the women are like, how, are, how can you take the, the job? And he says, well, my wife, she's breastfed all of our kids. I've seen her do it. So I know, I know what to do. And it's like, that is how women are right to your point Kilar. we will look at a job description and say 
I'm not qualified. Um, and, and so I won't even apply. And it happens so, so often. Um, me personally, I look for three things. One, integrity, 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 integrity. Like I, I, if I'm working with you, I've got to be able to trust you. You've got to have like super high just character, especially because of the nature of what I'm doing, right? I'm working with children. Um, and so I just have to have people around me who have that level of integrity. And even with driver's seat experience for women, because I'm building community. So I've got to have people with just great character. I would say character and high on top of the list of character is integrity. Um, number two is really strong work ethic because I do have, um, I do have kind of a high bar for excellence, um, but it's the, it's the work ethic, right? So when someone, when I can tell when someone is just like, they feel they have ownership in this too, right? So the person who just created those posts, her name is Umaima, and she is my communication specialist. Now, she just graduated from college and, um, you know, was looking for, she was looking for work opportunities. And on LinkedIn, she had created this kind of like, um, it was kind of like an illustrated bio of herself. So it was kind of like a PowerPoint, but it was illustrative, like animated. And I was just like, wow, she really went above and beyond creating that. She could have just put a basic resume out there like everybody else or a basic slide about herself like everybody else, but she created this like animated presentation. And that told me a little thing or two about her work ethic. I was like, ooh, she didn't have any experience. I mean, she's got experience in terms of the things that she's done in her college career, right? She's done a lot in communications and marketing, but I mean like that post-college work experience, I wasn't looking for someone to tell me they had five years experience, blah, blah, blah. I, look, I was looking for the work ethic, um, the character, and then third, the passion, the passion for what it is that we do. And so it's been a great experience having her on board. I have another, um, I have another intern for driver's seat who is uh, actually, she graduates from college in a couple of weeks. Um, but similarly, you know, I, I, can, I can teach there are some things that you can just be taught, right? But there are some things that you can't really teach. You can't teach at this stage in your life. I don't know if you can teach character, you know, work ethic and passion for the thing, right? So I could teach you the other things, but those have to be solid. Yeah. That was, that was amazing. It was a great like kind of ending question once we go into our quick fire. So um, are okay. you okay? Oh. Okay. I'm so nervous about that... this quick fire. Okay. Let's <laughs> no, 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 they're super fun. Um, we have about 18 questions and they're just super fun. And just whatever comes to mind, like right away, there's no right or wrong answers. Okay. Okay. So the first question is, do you have any pets? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, we have a Rottweiler. Oh, do I, or did I say yes? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You can continue. You can continue. Oh, okay. <laughs> we have a Rottweiler. We've got, so we live right across from this pond and like this big, huge mama turtle comes over to our porch area and delivers babies every year. And some of them kind of get lost or whatever. So we've got like two turtles in the house, um, a whole bunch of fish um, and that Rottweiler. I think that's all of them. 
Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Okay, a uh, favorite food you've ever had? Ooh, French fries. <laughs> oh my gosh. Listen, sounds... when mm -hmm. I was deployed, when I was deployed in Kuwait, um, I was scared to eat some of the food because I wasn't experienced with a lot of the things they were using like goat cheese. And I was only like 20. So I wasn't really familiar with goat cheese and stuff. And so like one time we ordered pizza from like Pizza Hut. And I was like, oh, something that from home. Yeah, but it, it was goat cheese, not mozzarella. And, and so literally every single day I had French toast for breakfast and French fries <laughs> for dinner because it was the safest thing. I love French fries. Okay, okay. Uh, next question Even is- Even though I'm a foodie, I love French fries. <laughs> There's so many things you can do with them. So I think that's great. Okay, uh, favorite color? Blue. Okay. Uh, favorite TV show? Ooh. It's supposed to be rapid fire, right? Oh! Anything I gotta go fun? with- I gotta go with Game of Thrones only because we've seen the whole thing like four times already, so. It must be. Oh, that's really good. Okay, favorite place you've traveled to? Mm. Rome. Ooh, Rome or Belize. Oh, I don't know which one. Don't oh, know. wow. Uh, those sound so cool. Okay, um, cold or warm weather? Oh, warm. Okay. You put me in cold weather. Uh, favorite like period of history that you taught as like a middle school history teacher? Mm, I, I deviated from the script, surprise. Um, and I would tell the students about the presidents that they couldn't read in the books. Like, yeah, but did you know he did this? So that was fine. <laughs> yeah, even the most memorable teachers are the ones that like do those kind of things. So I think that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what is a weird habit that you picked up during quarantine? Hmm. Weird habit during quarantine, weird habit. Staying in this house all day. Oh, did I you like I'm bake bread like... or something or like, oh, start like nope. going on like multiple walks a day or. Nope. <laughs> I don't know, those are the two I things think, I, I think, think it's because it's the opposite is that I've done nothing like I've been sitting in this house doing nothing that's the problem or launching a business yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay a uh, biggest accomplishment mm, self-empowerment mm -hmm. okay um favorite music artist Lauren Hill uh-oh uh-oh there she go right there Lauren Hill. Thoughts on chocolate milk? Oh, it's great. I love it. Okay, we're getting the controversial ones. Pineapple uh -oh. on pizza. Do you like it? Or? I, I, I can roll with it. I, I won't ask for it, but I'll, I'll, I can roll with it. Okay, uh, mint chocolate chip ice cream, yes or no? Yes. <laughs> Okay, what is one moment when you just went like, wow? 
Mm. I would say the birth of my last daughter, I have four kids. The birth of my last one had her, I had my last two at home in the bathtub, midwife, no medicine, none of all that stuff. And this little thing was, what was she, 10 pounds or something like that? That'll make you go, wow. I <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, and then if you were a kitchen utensil, what would you be? Oh my god. A can opener. Oh, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. Make it pop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, favorite way to cook or wine eggs. opener. What else do? Uh, what was that one? Favorite way to cook eggs. Ooh. I'd say scrambled. I like them poached too, though. That sounds good. Okay, uh, favorite item that you've bought this year? Ooh. Hmm. I gotta do inventory of all this. I don't know. Maybe maybe this wallpaper? I've, I've never used wallpaper before. And then I bought this wallpaper. Can you see that? It's kind of, I liked it. It was really cute. That's my little light That's there really too. That's really cool. Thank you. It was my first time experimenting with wallpaper. It's really pretty. Wow. Okay. Thank and you. then our last question is like funniest story when you were filming Sochi Circle episode. Ooh, funniest story when filming Sochi Circle episode. Okay. Oh, let me think. Let me think. You know, maybe, I think it was just the, the stuff that's not on screen, the stuff that's happening behind the scenes, like the girls would just be like, I wish I had a video that I could just show you right now. Like they just be doing these really weird, cool, funny dances and stuff and playing around. And I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a funny story, but it was just, it was just a fun time on set, you know, cause everybody was just goofing off, having fun. <laughs> That's, that's that's amazing yeah that must be like super fun and i'm sure you had a, a bunch of great memories from that so oh, that's the yes. end of our our event and just i want to say thank you so much for like coming with to us and you brought like such an amazing and engaging um like talking about yourself and answering all the questions it was like the hour just flew by oh i think so too sorry time yes i agree wow. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us and Moxie Girl. I'm very glad I got to talk to you. Um, also, I love your paintings in the background. It's very oh, pretty. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I like color. <laughs> I've had so much fun with you all. Thank you so much. Please stay in touch. And if you're looking for writing opportunities when season two comes up, I'd love um, you know, to get some scripts from you guys, because we really want to tell stories that are very applicable, that resonate with girls and who, who would know more than you all, right? So yeah, stay in touch, please. Thanks so much again, Tiana. Big round Thank you, of, Heather. Big round of applause.
Thank you. I had so much fun. Oh, I even had a little thank you slide at the end too. <laughs> it was my little thank you slide. Here it is. See, happy to spend time with you girls today, you Voxy girls. Likewise, Tiana, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye -bye. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye.